0: to Meanwhile in the Future, a podcast about, yes, you guessed it, the future. Every week we take on a specific future scenario. Every episode we start with a little trip into the future to hang out with some future people and see what's going on. Then we hop back to now, where I talk to some experts about how that future would really go down. Ready? Great. This week we're starting in the year 2020.
1: Our facial recognition database suggests that we have not seen you in this store before. Would you like help? I can show you around. Our database suggests that you have purchased dresses recently on amazon.com. We are having a sale on dresses right now. I can show them to you. The Supreme Court will hear a case today involving the use of facial recognition technology by small businesses. In 2018, Amanda Yoshiwara and her friend Nicole Jinshan were driving from their hometown of Athens, Ohio to college in upstate New York. On the way, they stopped at a pizza parlor. As soon as the friends exited her car, cameras in the parking lot identified their faces and immediately linked them to their online profiles. When they tried to enter, an employee stopped them and told them they weren't welcome inside. The database the parlor used is part of a growing number of systems trained to pick out certain political and sexual identities. Amanda's profile was flagged due to the fact that she had visited several pro-LGBT websites. Nicole's profile included images of her at a peaceful demonstration supporting the independence of Palestine. The owner of Del Toro Pizza said in a statement that he has the right to refuse service to anyone as per a sign on his pizzeria door.
0: So we live in a world where facial recognition technology is so good that any company can grab an image of your face while you're walking down the street and link it to everything from your social media profiles to your credit score to your workplace.
2: And that's the moment where I think all the um, anonymity of the early Internet and all the anonymity that was promised by kind of early visions of the internet, by like hackers you know, in 3D virtual reality space with their cool hacker names going around. That's, that's where that dream fully perishes.
0: That's Rob Mayer, a technology reporter at The Atlantic. And he says that it won't be long before companies can ID your face in real time while you're walking around outside.
2: In terms of being able to identify someone in a photo, uh, the Facebook team, and then people allude to a Google team, but it's a little harder to find information on them. But the Facebook AI team is like literally a quarter of a percentage point away from matching humans for, for being able to recognize someone in a photo. So we're, we're very, 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 very close to, to human level facial recognition online. Um, in the wild, it, we're still a little further out. The estimates you see are five to ten years.
0: Earlier this year, there was a big blowup between consumer privacy groups and industry lobbyists surrounding the use of facial recognition technology. Basically, the two sides simply could not agree on this one question. Let's say you're walking down the street, maybe in your neighborhood. A camera owned by a company that you've never interacted with, never bought anything from, never even accidentally clicked on one of their ads online, captures an image of your face. Does that company need to get your consent before they use that image? In other words, before they can connect it to your online profile? Consumer privacy groups said yes, lobbyists said no, and the talks stopped. Consumer privacy groups walked out.
3: We think this is extremely powerful. We think this is very invasive. And so what we said was that in general, there will be exceptions, but in general, you got to get someone's permission before you use this technology on them. And when not a single company or industry association, not one, would agree to that general rule, that's when we walked out.
0: That's Alvaro Bedoya. He's a lawyer at Georgetown University and was one of the leaders on the consumer advocacy side.
3: Your face is incredibly sensitive. So it is a portal into all sorts of information about you. So. You know, you put your face on your LinkedIn profile and on your social, uh, on your Facebook profile. Uh, You don't put your fingerprint on your Facebook profile or LinkedIn profile or your dating profile, for that matter. And so when I have your face and when I basically uh, take a fingerprint of your face, I can use that not only to find you on the street, but I can also connect that information about where you're going in real life to your presence online, to your LinkedIn page, I can figure out where you work, to your social media profile, I can figure out who your friends are, to your dating profile, which actually has a pseudonym, but I have your face, and your face is stable across all of those data sets.
2: You can shed a lot of the metadata that's attached to you as a person. Kind of all the things that are the the big identifiers, all the most important things attached to you, bureaucratically or commercially, or financially, those those can be changed. I mean, you can change your social security number if you're a victim of domestic abuse. Um, it's a hard process, but but it can happen. Um, and certainly you can change your email address or, or just leave Facebook. It, it, they're not going to be major operations. While well, literally the way to change your face, literally the way to lose any data that's attached to your face print is to get <laughs> a major surgical operation.
3: And so facial recognition lets strangers and companies you've never heard of figure out a whole world of information about you by just taking a picture of and analyzing your face. And they can do all of it without getting your permission.
0: The weird part about this is that right now, most companies using facial recognition technology actually do get some form of consent. Facebook opts you in, but you can opt out. Microsoft asks for your consent before adding you. But making that a rule, or even just a general guide, was what halted these talks completely. So what happens if we get stuck here? If companies continue to build these systems and don't need to get your consent? There are some positive ways to look at that.
3: On the positive side, There's a possibility of living in a truly frictionless world. So, you know, I don't have to carry my wallet when I go to Starbucks. You know, I just pay with my face. Uh, I don't need my keys when I go into my apartment building. I just open the door with my face. Uh, And so there are applications of this where uh, they're really beneficial and they make verifying your identity a lot easier. And so that, I think, is a positive.
0: And there are also some negative ways to look at that.
3: The negatives are long and they're very complicated. Um, So uh, one easy one is the ability of companies to recognize you and figure out your credit score and where you work the moment they see you. So you walk into a car dealership, you might get more attention or less based on your credit score. Um, Let's say that when you were younger, you stole and you were 18, you know, or you're 17, but for some reason it's still on your record or, you know, for some reason they know. Uh, Will you walk into a store and be asked to leave? Because they recognize that profile.
2: Like you, see, you see two different descriptions of the, of the like, possibilities for how like anti-shoplifting facial recognition would work. And in one of them, a shoplifter takes something, and then afterward, you identify them using facial recognition. And in the other one, a known shoplifter, question mark, question mark, question mark, walks into the store, and they're asked to leave because they're in some database of people who have shoplifted in the past. And and where people who have shoplifted in the past becomes people who are likely to shoplift becomes people you don't want in the store. I think is a really valid question.
3: I fear that we might move into a world where certain commercial establishments, you know, certain stores, certain areas are just closed off to certain people. You know, you cannot set foot in this store unless you have a certain credit profile.
2: That's kind of what got me at the end of this. You know, we worry about corporations getting data a lot and I think rightfully so, but one thing that struck out to me is that around DC and in Maryland especially like, the states and the, the district have, like, super algorithmically enforced traffic regimes. So, like, if you run a red light or you don't stop at a stop sign or you speed, the like, a camera takes a picture of your car, uses the license plate identifier to figure out who you are, and then mails a ticket to your house. That's not that far from, like, in a high-crime community putting up cameras and identifying and then ticketing everyone who jaywalks or everyone who loiters. We need to watch that creeping into places where, you know, facial recognition starts to um, hit the places where government surveillance already, you know, <laughs> hits, um, you know, which are which are a lot of these poorer communities, um, you know, communities of color that are already kind of existing under government surveillance?
3: Um, The other thing that I think is even more interesting and even more troubling is that we might see a difference in the way people start to treat each other. So right now, you know, some people treat strangers well just because they, you know, believe in the golden rule. You know, you should only treat others the way you want to be treated. And they think it's the right thing. But my suspicion is that part of the reason we treat strangers well is that we don't know who they are. And they might be very powerful people. They may be people who uh, are very wealthy, you know, and so if we mistreat them, there could be consequences. Once, you know, facial recognition and pervasive identification threatens to strip that away. So you know exactly who's walking into a building behind you. You know exactly who's sitting next to you in the subway. You're walking down the street and you see someone crying on the street who's just walking cry- and crying, or someone's really, really upset. And, and and they walk by and maybe you wonder to yourself, well, I wonder what happened. Oh, I, I hope that person feels better. Or, you know, that's that's interesting and sad, you know, but that moment doesn't really exist anymore in a world of pervasive face recognition. You see that person crying and you run their face and you figure out who they are. I think life might start getting a lot easier, uh, might, might get easier and more frictionless for, you know, middle class and upper class folks. But, if you have a crappy credit score, or if you have a background that you're not proud of, uh, suddenly people on the street might treat you that way.
0: If all of this seems really creepy to you, you're not alone.
3: It's kind
2: of straightforwardly creepy in a science fiction way um, that like human cloning, (laughs) you can kind of get a consensus around it.
0: And there are a lot of ways that people have talked about getting consent or opting out of these programs. Maybe it's a checkbox at the DMV. Right next to where you say you want to be an organ donor, you also say whether you want to opt in or out of facial recognition databases. But perhaps more likely than a DMV checkbox is a series of laws. Already, two different states have biometrics laws that prevent companies from using your face print. And it's worth noting which states have these laws.
2: The two states that have laws against it right now are Illinois and Texas.
3: Yes. Yes, Illinois is the fifth most populous state in the nation, one of the most liberal states in the nation, passes a biometric privacy law unanimously. Texas, the second largest state in the nation, one of the most conservative states in the nation, passes a biometric privacy law unanimously.
2: In fact, I looked it up, the two governors who have signed legislation limiting facial recognition is the all-star team of uh, Rod Blagojevich and, and Rick Perry.
3: So this the idea that you should get permission to enroll someone's face in a biometric database is utterly uncontroversial anywhere other than Washington, D.C. In Washington, D.C., it is it is unthinkable.
0: All it takes is a few more states passing laws like this, and it becomes harder for companies to use this technology. In the meantime, though, there are some sort of weird things you can do to thwart the cameras. Last year, Mayer did a little social experiment with something called Dazzle, which is basically anti-facial recognition face paint. Dazzle involves people wearing circles and triangles of mostly black and white paint on their faces to confuse computers. But it also makes you a lot more conspicuous to other humans.
2: One One of the funny things that happened while I was wearing it was, like, basically if I told people that it was for a sports thing or, like, alluded to sports at all, while wearing it they were like you know like someone's staring and they'd be like oh what's going on and I'd be like oh I came from a game like immediately that was fine they were like oh okay and it was like that was like an acceptable thing for me to do like an acceptable reason for me to be wearing face paint in public um and I was like welcomed back into society with like a, oh, you know, like, we thought you were weird, but but now we understand. Like, you were, doing, you were doing a fine male activity. Like, good job. Good job, bro.
0: The problem with something like Dazzle or anything else you might try to put on your face to trick computers is that computers don't actually care if what they're looking at is a face. So if enough people start to use anything, the computer will just learn to look for those things. And if you're thinking you might just wear a mask around to thwart the cameras, you'd be out of luck there too.
3: If you don't want to leave your fingerprints somewhere, don't touch it. Wear gloves. It's not acceptable to wear a mask in public. Uh, In many states, in fact, it's illegal. In many municipalities, it's illegal.
0: So technical ideas really aren't going to help us here. We have to really tackle this with laws. And Bedoya does think that's going to happen eventually.
3: I think in 10 years, you will see even more pervasive deployment of it. But you're going to see another 5 to 10 to 20 states say, nobody, you got to get permission first. So that's my hope. I would be surprised and disappointed if we lived in a world of just pervasive facial recognition without permission. But it's a possibility.
0: But even if we do get laws that make facial recognition a little bit less pervasive, that should never stop you from wearing colorful face paint.
2: As far as I'm concerned, like there there really should be a legal regime. But at the same time, you know, like any secondary effects uh, that that wind up with more people having to wear like colorful face paint uh, to the mall on their commute, you know, as they walk down the street. Um, can only be good. It it can only be, you know, like, whatever. Privacy, who cares? More people are wearing face paint. They look great.
0: For more on how facial recognition technology works and what kinds of awesome face paint you can use to fool it, head to gizmodo.com, where we'll post more information. And you can let us know how you feel about facial recognition. Meanwhile in the Future is a podcast from Gizmodo. It's produced by me, Rose Eveleth, with help from the Gizmodo staff. The intro music is by Asura, and the outro music is by Broke for Free. Special thanks this week to Sean Hollister. If you fancy yourself a voice actor and would like to try your hand at playing a part in an upcoming episode of Meanwhile in the Future, email me at overthinkingitgizmodo.com. If you have ideas for other futures I should travel to, email me at the same email address. Or send us a note on Twitter. That's all for this future. Come back next week, and we'll head to a different one.